Welcome to the Fran Path Consulting Podcast. I'm Sam Schweitzer, joined by Sierra Mitchell today. Thanks for joining me, Sierra. Hey, Sam. How are you? Doing well. How are you? We're recording on President's Day. Hey, my kids didn't have school and it snuck up on me, but you know what? We're ebbing and flowing here, aren't we? <laughs> Real life. You know, <laughs> I, I think that's one thing about being a parent is like everything I see on the internet is like every mom I watch is like, so we have this planned and we're making our President's Day crafts and we're doing this and we're doing that. And I'm like, did I bring my kids to school when there wasn't school today? Sure. <laughs> did you? <laughs> What are we really doing? So you can be a parent, you can own a business. You got to go with the flow, right? Take it, take it as it comes. So I love it. You know, I think the best, really the best training for being a business owner is sometimes being a parent because there's so many things that you don't know how to do and you feel like you should know how to do. And parenting is the best example I have of faking it until you make it until I became a business owner. And then I was like, well, I have no clue what I'm doing over here, <laughs> but I'll try it and act like I know what's up. Absolutely. I also think very fitting for our podcast today in the health and wellness space, something that also can be lacking as a parent. So that's why I, it's, it's a space I'm super passionate about and I'm super excited to have this discussion today. I think parents and non-parents alike can benefit from the services of the brand that we're bringing on today. So it's going to be a really good chat. I'm looking forward to it. Yes. Well, that's a great segue to introduce our guest today. I am really excited. This is a person we've been wanting to have on the podcast for a while. We were introduced to the brand earlier last year and then really have had some great success putting it in front of clients. And while it's newer to the franchise space, it really has the systems and all the things that we look for as markers for successful, massive growth brands. So without further ado, I'm really excited to have Brandon Stewart from HydraLive, the CEO. Thank you for joining us. Of course. I'm really excited for it. Thanks for having me on. Thank you for joining us, Brandon. Super excited to get into our chat today and we really would love to kick it off on learning a bit more about you. So would love for you to share with our listeners a bit more about your background and how you got into the HydraLive family. Yeah, I was thinking about this last night. My um, my background used to be a lot simpler and I used to have like a really short answer for it. And now as I've gotten older and more experience, you know, it just kind of stacks up on top of each other. But I'll try and be short. So uh, I graduated college. I did finance. So I did investment banking and private equity. So I would say that's sort of my foundation is kind of a financial background. And then uh, I had the opportunity to, to go to business school or do something completely different. And so just like a lot of your clients today, um, I chose to go the franchise route. So we had a, uh, an investment in Jimmy John's at the time. Uh, so I decided to kind of seek that brand out and find a, a location that there weren't any Jimmy John's at the time and grow a business from, from there. So Actually, I moved to Birmingham, Alabama with my wife uh, from Boston, actually. So we, we lived in Boston at the time. Um, so it was a pretty, pretty big change, but we're both from the South. So it was really nice. You know, in between each family, uh, we had, you know, it was, it was perfect. Um, so I did that and I started making sandwiches back in 2011. Um, I actually, you know, I built nine units before I bought any. So, you know, I, I experienced, you know, Joining a franchise, Jimmy John's a fantastic brand, brand, lots of support, lots of you know expertise in the industry, um, and they just had a system that was very very easy to execute, um, you know, with their their training and processes and systems, and so that that's kind of how you know I developed. I, I, I like I said, I built nine before I bought any, and then we ended up growing to uh, sixty two units um, by the time I exited. So 
we just completed, um, you know, exiting the remaining, uh, you know, 11 units that I had. Um, and, you know, I'm a little bittersweet about it. It's a totally shift for me, um, massive shift. Um, but I was looking for kind of what am I going to do next? Um, and so I, I was looking for either businesses to buy or something to run. And I came across Hydrolife Therapy. Um, it's a company based here in Birmingham, started by uh, a, a, a couple guys that um, I wasn't friends with at the time, but I probably should have been. Uh, we ran in a lot of the same circles. And actually, Kyle and I both went to Georgia around the same time. Um, you know, it, I just fell in love with the brand. So, you know, it's an it's a emerging brand. It was probably a little smaller than what I was looking for. But when I looked at the existing corporate locations, we have one franchisee, they were just doing so well. And I got really excited about their financials and what was in place at the time. And I knew that with my experience, I could come in and kind of build the systems and processes that we needed. That's such an exciting segue into the space. And you're using your strong franchise background from a franchise that everybody knows, Jimmy John's. You couldn't ask somebody in the US if they've heard of it and they would say, no, everybody's heard of it. So to find that emerging brand, you know, what a lucky connection there. And it's funny that you say, you know, we should have known each other and we didn't. I think we hear that a lot in our space. Franchising tends to be kind of a small, small circle. And once you get in it, you're in it. And it sounds like it's it's done you really well. So exciting to hear you bring your expertise to the Hydrolife family. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm really excited to be a part of it. It's a fun brand and I'm having fun running it. You know, that's a, it is a big jump. And I imagine when you said the numbers, as I think about looking at FDDs, and we vet a ton of brands, we look at FDDs, that's what we do before we introduce them to clients. Looking at the margins on Hydrolive versus the margins in food had to be pretty exciting, a great place to start. But it is scary to start with an emerging brand. And we keep saying the name Hydrolive. We keep, you know, we're, we're talking about it like it is a household name. No doubt that it's on its way there now. Could you tell us what exactly is Hydrolive for people that are like, they keep saying it, but I'm Googling it now. Let's stop the Google and we'll let Brandon tell you exactly what it is. Yeah. So Hydrolive, you know, we, we, we really focus on athletic prep and recovery. That's sort of our core focus. Um, so we do, we do IV therapy, you know, your typical IV drips. Um, we do compression therapy, which is kind of a small add-on service for, for most of our clients. Um, we also do intramuscular injections, just like another IV brand. But then kind of what we view as our differentiators, we have cryotherapy. It's a big investment, um, you know, in, in our unit. But we think that when you when you have cryotherapy, you're able to bring in a modality that it, first off, it has instant results. So it's something that people experience right away. Um, they feel it, you know, whereas like some other, you know, things like red light therapy, you may not feel right away. Um, and it's harder to explain the benefits. Um you know, so so when we created Cryo, we, we found that we were bringing in the athletes. And so they, they would come in to try Cryo and then we could cross sell with IV therapy. Uh, but in general, we're just focused on health and wellness. I love this industry. Um, I just had a milestone birthday this year. And so I'm really kind of freaked out about it. Um, and I would say for the last two or three years, I've been focused on health and wellness and longevity and just trying to understand what's out there. And so I, I just have a passion for it. And um, so I think I think if you look at our brand, we will continue to evolve in, into things that that are proven, right? That that um, you know really have have uh, data behind it, um, studies that show that you know the benefits. And I think uh, we're we're kind of really on top of the industry today. That's super exciting. You know, 
I think moving into the health and wellness space from food, like Sam said, you know, has to be a little bit of a change and a surprise, but in such a good way, not only from a margins, but, you know, you're really helping people feel better. You know, at the end of the day, they're coming in feeling one way. And especially with something like a cryo with that instant gratification, they leave your studio feeling better and ready to take on their day and be a better employee, a business owner, a a wife, a mom, a dad, whatever the case may be. So super exciting shift there, you know, and you talked about your franchise background. So obviously you're well-versed in that space, you know, being part of such a heavy hitter, you know, brand like a Jimmy John's, but, you know, would love to hear the thought process around Hydra Live choosing franchising as their vehicle for growth. There's a lot of ways a business can grow. So can you tell us a little bit about how you guys chose the franchise route? Yeah, the founder, um, he's actually, he's an ex-Green uh, Beret, or I guess he's still technically a Green Beret, but he was a Green Beret in the Army, um, Special Forces. And, you know, he, he had a passion for giving IVs. Um, you know, he in the field, they would give each other IVs to kind of feel better. And so that's kind of how he, he understood it and really understood the benefits and why, um, why it's helpful for people. Um, so when, when he formed HydroLive, it was really just kind of a side business in Birmingham, something that, that he and his brother-in-law uh, wanted to execute and see where it goes. In the meantime, he started uh, as director of operations for a brand called Two Mates. Um, so they do you know cleaning services all around the country. And so he's been kind of in that franchise world for a, a little bit less time than me. Um, but realized that, you know, that's sort of the way that he wanted to grow. So when I joined, you know, I've got the franchise background. And so, you know, I, I was just really excited about franchising. If you try and build a company like this, uh, and grow quickly, you know, it's going to take a lot of cash. We, we would have to raise a lot of money. Um, and I think that for us, we would rather put that money into focus on franchising. So we just finished a a pretty large raise for our company. Um, That's what's enabling me to build the team that I want to build for franchising. Um, But a lot of people don't understand, like if you do company-owned units versus franchising, it's really two different companies. It's two totally different experiences. You know, if if you have a franchise brand that that is running their own units, they should have like a totally different team operating those units to be successful because it's it's just a totally different business. and so I think for us, you know, we want to grow quickly. We see the competitive landscape and we think that we have something special to offer. And in order to get a foothold in sort of different markets, we think the fastest way to do that is by franchising. You are the first franchisor affiliated person that we've had on this podcast that has identified that, that if you have corporate units, they should not be ran by the same team, that it should be very much its own entity. And that's hugely valuable. I I remember being on the franchisee side of systems, and there are a lot of things that come into question when you've got a franchisor running their own units using the exact same team and using the exact same stuff. And I I think that's really interesting. You're the first person I've ever heard vocalize it. And as soon as you said it, I was like, man, I felt that way just being in the franchisee shoes. And I do think it's valuable to have a CEO who's been in the franchisee position before because there's so many experiences that you have as a business owner, but especially being a franchisee that I think if you haven't had those before, or if you can't have empathy for that, it can really, you you just can't understand it. And I think as a franchisee myself, when I've had people that have worn those shoes before, it's been a massive difference in how I feel like I'm being heard and that the way that the company is just ran is so much different. So as you guys look at 
who you want, who you partner with on the front side is massively important. Those first, you know, 50 franchisees will shape who you guys become. Ideally, who's that candidate? Who are you looking for? Yeah, I mean, we're we're pretty particular, you know, for, for our brand, um, it's been run, our corporate units before I kind of joined, it was really run on a semi-absentee, maybe even call it an absentee model. Um, there wasn't a lot of focus on systems and operations and, and, uh, and we still had the numbers that we had, right? And that's what was so exciting for me. We brought in all those systems and just really seeing things start to take off and it's exciting. Our franchisees, I mean, really any brand, you want somebody there that's a go-getter, um, somebody who really wants to entrench themselves, live and breathe the brand. Um, and, and the most important thing that we've seen in our brand is being a part of the community, somebody who can get out there, go meet the gems, you know, go go to the local 5K and just share what the brand is and who they are. Um, our first franchisees are in Columbus, Georgia. You know, it's a pretty small market and uh, they've done fantastic. And it's if, to me, it's because of that. They're semi-absentee. They both have full-time jobs, but they've been able to really build the community down there and share what the brand is. And I've just, you know, watching them succeed uh, has been exciting to see. And, and you know, I, I think it's really, it, it's the same process for every brand. I mean, you, you've got to live and breathe the brand and you've got to drive growth um, to be successful. That's another interesting thing about this brand that I, I think we need to identify is these numbers aren't coming out of Los Angeles. They're not coming out of San Diego or Dallas. They're coming out of communities that are relatively small, you know, communities that are in the South. So, I mean, that's that's really even more exciting to me, not, not to poo-poo on brands that are started in Southern California, but you're kind of looking at a, a health and wellness mecca and you're not doing a lot of convincing for people that this is the right thing to do. So I'm even more excited about a brand. Can you talk about those first locations where they are? That's I, I think that that's huge. And that's a lot of the appeal to me as somebody that lives in, you know, Sarah and I are both in Madison, Wisconsin. You don't necessarily think health and wellness. You think cheese and beer. What do you think of Madison? And so to see these businesses thrive or the CrossFit games, I guess we do have that going for us, but one, I day, one day a year we're healthy. Yeah, <laughs> but can you talk a little bit about that and, you know, not even being nervous about starting in Columbus, Georgia of all the places with this business? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty fascinating. I mean, that's, that's another key point to why I joined this brand, right? If it can be successful in these markets, I'm very confident that it can be successful in, in most markets. Um, so for us, you know, we have our three locations. One's in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. So that's a college town, um, your traditional college town, where half the population just evaporates at certain times of the year, right? Um, and so for us to be successful in market, you know, it, we have to we have to be really you know focused on the times that that the students especially are there. But there's also little pockets of of each community where you have driven people that are focused on health and wellness and they exist everywhere. You know, they may not be in LA, but they're still focused on being healthy. And, and I think the IV trend right now is really hot. Um, people recognize now that if they have like a little, a little twinge of getting sick, right, they're coming in, they're getting hydrated and they just feel better. They leave feeling better. Um, and so I think people are, it's becoming more and more the norm 
Um, you know, I, I think people are a little freaked out about get. Some people are freaked out about getting, you know, needles in their arms and, and getting a drip. Even my VP of development, she, she was like that too. But now anytime she doesn't feel great, uh, she's going to Hydrolive. And so, um, and now she, I see her posting on, uh, you know, LinkedIn and things like that because she, she's, she's experiencing the benefits. And so I think you, you've got pockets, you mentioned CrossFit. We're a huge CrossFit community here in Birmingham, um, Columbus. There's same thing. Uh, I know Josh is really, he's our franchisee in Columbus. I know he's really engaged in, in the CrossFit community down there. Um, in Columbus, you also have the base. Um, so the military guys really enjoy um, having the opportunity to recover. Um, so, so I think if the tradition of our brand has been focused on athletic prep and recovery, but we also have people that are focused on just holistic wellness. Um, and it's, it's getting really exciting to see. We want to create that atmosphere that's comfortable for everybody um, and not overbuilt. I think that's the, that's the big key for me as CEO and protecting fran- franchisee interests is just making sure that we're not overbuilt. Your note about the wellness and giving back to ourselves and the holistic wellness, um, it's not a trend. It's here and it's here to stay. People are realizing it's a fast-paced world. We need to take care of ourselves. And a lot of clients that choose to get into this space may have a personal passion into it. However, you know, some of those folks may have similar you know, concerns when it comes to saturation or you're saying being overbuilt or you know, something being recession-resistant. Obviously, you're proving success in small markets, but can you speak a little bit to industry saturation, recession resistance for something like a HydroLive? Because again, there's a ton of passion and health and wellness and folks that want to get into this, but there's the consideration of, of those things. So talk us through that. Yeah, saturation, you know, it's scary with any brand. I totally get that. Um, and if you look at like the sandwich market, for example, or food, you know, there's there's a subway on every corner, you know, yet I still had the confidence to go in with Jimmy John's. Um, I didn't have a great <laughs> response to that until we, we had a board conversation the other day and somebody mentioned, you know, it's like, look, in any, in any industry, you're either, you're either educating, okay, or you're marketing. And, you know, in a market that's super saturated, there's a heck of a lot less education that you have to do because people are using IV therapy on a regular basis. And then you're just focused on winning and marketing. And so, for me, the marketing side and sort of our product offering is the most important piece of what we do. Um, so you're going to see me invest heavily in the marketing side as we grow. Um, so we're going to have, you know, we, we have a fantastic CMO today. We're going to make sure that that, that that CMO is supported with, with people and resources um, to continue to grow that. I think that's going to help us win in saturated markets. Um, markets like Columbus, we do, had to do a little education. And that's just as fun, you know, because you're, you know, one of the first people there and you can really share the benefits of, of IV therapy. And half the time, if you just invite them in for a bag and they experience it, you know, you're, they're hooked. Um, so, you know, I think, I think that's exciting. As far as recession resistance is concerned, I think, I think you, you kind of hit the nail on the head is that it's, it's no longer a trend. I mean, it's here to stay. And so now at, at some point, right, people can't afford to, you know, maybe they'll live with that cold and they, they just won't come in for an IV bag, you know. But I, I do believe that there's plenty of market space and opportunity to maintain maintain margins and, and growth. Um, so I don't I don't see, I mean, it is a luxury product. There, you know, there's no question that a recession is going to have some impact on it. But our job is to make sure that, that we're as successful as we can. And I think we have plenty of margin to work with there. So. 
think the more people see it as a part of their life and a part of their routine that they're not willing to cut out, the better off you know anybody in the wellness industry is and results speak for themselves. If people are using that, then they know what's there. The other thing that you have to your advantage is you're working with athletes. I'm a mom of a child that plays AAU sports. If somebody told me that he needed to have an IV bag or, you know, some we needed to do anything where compression sleeves would work on his legs or do things like that, or my, you know, if we have a child in college that needs to do those things, the coach says, I, without hesitation, would not, I would go ahead and do that because, well, we may not be able to find money in our budget for whatever it is, a vacation or new shoes for me. If my child needed to have compression sleeves on his legs and an IV bag in his arm, I would make sure that that he had that. And so I think that's also interesting when it comes to children. We always say kids and pets are two of the most recession resilient industries that you'll ever find because parents of anybody will sacrifice when it comes to them. So right. I always you know, you don't think of it as a kid business. It's in the wellness business, but the fact that you're working with athletes Student athletes are probably the largest population. College athletes, it gets much, you know, slimmer. And people like myself, that you know, pickleball athletes at the local <laughs> at our local courts, you know, we're a little bit less yeah. athletic. But I think there's some of that stuff for sure that you know really insulates your business and makes you guys so exceptional. As I kind of think through it from the standpoint of a possible franchisee, that's very reassuring. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned. Yeah. You mentioned kids and pets. I mean, I think health and wellness is right up there with it. You know, um, I think, you know, the very last thing I'll cut, if it just things go very far south for me personally, right. The, the last thing I'm going to cut, is like my gym membership. I mean, I, I, health and wellness is so important to me. I'm going to make sure that I'm healthy. You know, if you're, you know, getting certain procedures done to look a certain way, like you're not going to just stop that because you're going to change. And so that, you know, you're going to scrape together dollars to make sure that happens. And so, you know, I think uh, people understand the benefits of cryotherapy and, and IV drips. And so when you when you get those, they, they do become part of your life. Uh, Absolutely. So one thing that we, we asked two questions at the end of this podcast always. The first one for you is why franchising? What's your personal compelling reason? You got in with Jimmy John's. And you decided to stay and you could have went anywhere. I mean, you were working in investment banking and private equity. There are a lot of routes that that could take you that weren't franchising. What made you decide to do this and really dig your heels in, in the franchise space? Yeah, so um, part of it's comfort, right? It's something that I know. Um, I did look at CEO roles for various different businesses. And there was a part of me that wanted to just try something completely different especially after going through the ringer and being in food for 13 years, you know, uh, it is not, the, it is not the easiest business. Um, and, uh, but I, you know, I, I love franchising. I love franchisees. I love working with people. And I looked at this brand and realized that, you know, the numbers are strong and it's something that we can scale quickly. So, uh, and when I say quickly, I mean, quicker than we could do on our own, but we're really careful about how many franchises that we're going to open year by year. You know, I have seen plenty of franchises just fall flat on their face from growing or selling way too many units. And with, with the board that we have and the experience that we have in franchising, we're not going to let that happen. They've kind of given me a soft cap and I agree with it on how many units that, that we're willing to sell. Um, and we want to make sure that we're always investing ahead. So, you know, like I mentioned earlier on the call, we just raised a bunch of money and, and it's all going to overhead. I mean, 
I'm going to have the best of the best on my team. And we're not, we're not going to sacrifice and train and all that. You know, we, we're not going to grow with franchisees. We're going to grow ahead of franchisees and we're going to make sure that we're ready to support. So, but I love, I mean, in terms of why, I mean, franchising is just, it's fun. Um, and I, this whole sales side, you know, I've never experienced and I'm enjoying, you know, learning about, uh, you know, just various people that are interested in franchising. It's, it's just been a lot of fun to get to know a lot of different people that are, that are kind of going on the journey I was going on 13 years ago. I think it's really interesting to consider, you know, your background that you were in franchising and arguably the toughest sector within franchising being in food. And you turned around and got right back into franchising. I think that speaks volumes to the model um, and brings a lot of comfort. I think, you know, we work with several of our clients who have never owned a business, have never owned a franchise, and they're really looking for that support. So to have the structure you're putting in place with your expertise, your background, the marketing vehicle, that's what a franchise does, you know, as opposed to just going out there and starting something from scratch, you've got these heavy hitters behind you with not only the operations, but being a marketing machine to make sure your name gets out there and sets you up for success. And you're really bringing that to the table, which is awesome to hear. Second part to Sam's question, we weren't going to let you out with just the one. She said there's two. I'll follow up with the second. Second question we always ask at the end of the podcast is, what's the best piece of advice you've ever received? <laughs> uh, it's simple as don't go to law school. Um, that, that, it, I, I will never forget my, my mentor in college. Um, I had no idea what I wanted to do. But I wanted to do something in business and, and I looked at all the C-suite of people and, you know, these these companies. And I was like, there's a lawyer on every board. Right. Um, yeah. or, or in the C-suite. Yeah. And so I just wanted to be a lawyer. So I was on that track. And uh, one day my mentor, he was a senior executive at Coca-Cola. And he he said, you know, Brandon, why do you want to be a lawyer? I was like, I don't know. I just I want to be I want to be high in business and just learn as much as I can. And he was like, Brandon, if you don't have a passion for law, like don't go to law school. And and I mean, from that point on, he he advised me on sort of how I can get to where I wanted to be. Um, now I feel like I'm kind of there. I mean, I've got a lot of growth to do and and I really enjoy uh, the, the people I work with and sort of the companies that I grow. But, um, you know, that was the best piece of advice I could get because I would have been in law school and who the heck knows, I'd you know, probably still be a lawyer today. <laughs> Living in the billable hours trap. That's the funny thing is yeah. my business partner and co-founder, Brittany, who you know as well, we both intended to go to law school. That was both of us. Like I grew up from fifth grade on being like, I'm going to be a lawyer. That's what I'm going to do. And the economy crashed and it saved me going to law school because you couldn't turn on the news without hearing people are fired. People are doing this. So it's that's very funny. We both talk about that a lot and that we, we both intended to be lawyers and here we are in franchising. So it's nice to meet another person that felt like that. Was yeah, exactly. Well, thank you yep, so much. It set me on a totally different class. path in life. Isn't that crazy how one piece of advice and really that it just makes you think about that? Like, do I really want to be a lawyer or do I just want to be successful? Right. So, well, thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it. It was awesome having you on and learning about Hydra Live and about you because people are really what drives all of these businesses in the franchise space. We appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Had a great time. Thank you, guys. Thank you. If you want to learn more about HydraLive or any of the other 700 businesses in our portfolio, please like and subscribe to our Instagram at FranPath 
Follow us on all social media channels at FranPath. And don't forget, we're not asking for a tip, but we would love for you to rate us five stars wherever you listen to podcasts.